Hello, everyone. You're listening to Slapdash, the podcast about history, art, science, and everything else. We're your hosts, Jason Creekmore and Shannon Deaton. Welcome to the show. We are recording from the Big South Fork Scenic Railway in Stearns, Kentucky, where we will be covering a Christmas event known as the Polar Express. Across from me is one of the biggest Christmas lovers that I know, Shannon Deaton. Shannon, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. I'm in the holiday season, as we said in the gift shop here, surrounded by lots of Christmas trees, lots of ornaments, and uh, toy trains. That's that's exactly right. Uh, we are actually at the gift shop uh, at this moment, and if you like sugary treats and really cool gifts, uh, this is definitely the place uh, the place to be. Right at home. Uh, they have a, a, a wide variety of items, including uh, some gifts associated with the Polar Express. Uh, we I see some conductor hats over there, and I see some uh, some polar bears and all kinds of Christmas ornaments and light up wands and. It's a one-stop shop for Polar Express. Are, are they going to let us uh, wear the hats and drive the train today, Jason? That's that's why I'm here. I would <laughs> if 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 I was uh, if if I if I were not going to be able to wear the hat, I would have already been home. I guess. <laughs> so the Polar Express was actually a book before it was a movie and before it was a train ride. The book was written by Chris Van Allsburg, and it was published in 1985. The book was a huge success, featuring an interesting storyline and captivating illustrations. The Polar Express won the Caldecott Award in 1986 and made the New York Times bestseller list. And by and by 1989, had sold one million copies. Wow, that's uh, always been a popular book. I remember it on the library shelf at my elementary school. Did you read it back yeah, then? Uh, I, I did. I, I think at that time I was like in middle school, probably eighth grade or some something like that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but I, I remember when the book came out, and it was it was really cool. Shannon, I think you're going to talk more about the plot uh, a little bit later. But but basically, the story is about a young boy and his struggle with believing in Santa Claus and the Christmas season. Uh, the book is very touching, but the book ends with a very powerful quote. The character says, At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me as it does for all who truly believe. Man, I have chills. That's, that's such a touching quote and powerful for, for a children's book, I yeah, think. Can you hand me that napkin over there? <laughs> I've got tissues got, for us all, my friend. You have tissues. You know. They all have uh, Santa Claus and Rudolph on them. Is that okay? That's right. Yeah, I, I have images of uh, Tiny Tim, you know, like, and God bless us, everyone. That's right. Well, the, the movie uh, is very much like the book, and it, as you noted, it follows a little boy who doubts the existence of Santa Claus. And it just so happens that the Polar Express rolls into town right in his uh, front yard there, and he journeys to the North Pole to, to meet Santa Claus. And like you mentioned, there's a small silver Christmas bell that really plays an important role in the movie as well as in the book. And it's, uh, it's an important symbol, uh, because as the boy shakes the bell, at first he's unable to hear the jingle of the bell and the bell is really a symbol for his belief in Santa Claus after completing his journey to the North Pole and waking up in his bed the next morning the boy shakes the bell and it rings and and we all have that magical Christmas moment because this is symbolizing the boy's renewed belief in the magic of Christmas the movie was released in 2004 and was co-written co-produced and directed by Robert Zemeckis and Jason you may remember Robert Zemeckis as the director of Back to the Future Marty McFly. Marty McFly, Doc Brown, 
really a, a story from my childhood. I just remember that so fondly. <laughs> Yo, Christmas DeLorean. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So the movie stars Tom Hanks, and I didn't know this until I went into the research a little bit, but he plays multiple roles in that movie. He is the hero boy, which is the main character. As the uh, He was the motion capture of the boy. He didn't do the voice as well. I think I would have picked up on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he's also the hero boy's father. He plays the role of the conductor. He plays the role of the hobo who is on top of the train. <laughs> he plays the role of a Scrooge puppet, Santa Claus, and the narrator. How about the train? Did he do the train? I would have loved to have seen that. And I think if Tom Hanks had his way, he may have played the train. Uh, because Tom Hanks actually optioned the rights to the book in 1999. So he has been he was holding on to it for four or five years. Oh, wow. Wanting I, didn't, to, I didn't realize that. So Tom Hanks had it? Yeah. He, huh. he was the one who really cool. wanted to make the movie. But there was a clause in the contract that said... Uh, the movie cannot be animated. That was one of the conditions of the sale. So when the author or the publisher or whoever owned the rights sold the, the option to Tom Hanks, they said that we do not want an animated film. They wanted something that was live action. Well, obviously, the, the movie is not live action. They did go in an animated direction. Uh, but Zemeckis thought a live action film would look awful, the director said. You know, this, this just really would not work. It wouldn't do justice to the art style in the book, which is really iconic. So they went in a different direction. It was the first movie uh, that was filmed with motion capture. So uh, it include and it was included in the 2006 Guinness World Record books. Um, this process was created where actors would be filmed with motion capturing equipment on a black box stage, which would then be animated. The director actually wanted Tom Hanks to play all the roles in the film, which I think would have been really intriguing because there are female roles, there's adult roles, there are little kid roles. I, I think it would have made for a very different sort of film. What do you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. But if there is one actor that could have potentially pulled that off, I would say Tom Hanks. Uh, he could have done it, no doubt, hands down. They tried it that way for a little while, but since it was motion capture, he was in a suit, he was on a, one of these black box stages, and he just became too exhausted. You know, he was acting out all of the scenes and going through all of the, you know, the, the motion capture, and he just became very tired. And they said, you know what, let's bring in a few other people. And it was only a handful. I, I think there were only maybe two or three other people who were added to the mix there to cover the whole range of characters who were included. Wow. Yeah. So the animation style was unique. Like I mentioned, it was uh, very novel. It was something that was brand new to the cinema scene, something that hadn't been done before. And I watched the movie recently, and it really stuck out to me, the animation of the characters' faces, as well as the fluidity of the motions, and just how real everything sort of looked. This animation style was uh, well-received in general, but it, it wasn't necessarily hit with everyone. You know, they thought some of the character motions were a little too real. Have you ever heard of this concept called the Uncanny Valley? Is that something you're no, familiar huh? with? Um, so this is um, a scientific term when something gets very close to being so real and so human that we almost have an adverse effect to it. Like th this happens sometimes with, uh, uh, you know, like robots, animatronics, and uh, these sort of things where they, they almost look human, but not quite human. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of makes you, uh, you know, feel a little bit uncomfortable. But this was, uh, this is an animation style that has grown in recent years. It's something that's been developed over time. And it really had its roots right here with the Polar Express. So I found that really, really interesting. Yeah. I never really knew what that technology was called, but I remember the first time I watched the, the movie. I mean, I knew it was animated, obviously, but 
but it was different. Yeah. I mean, and I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I just knew somehow that's different. Right. Kind of the same feeling I got the first time I watched Toy Story. I knew you were going to say Toy yeah. Story. <laughs> it's, it's just different <laughs> yeah. somehow. And so that, yeah, it's, it's definitely just a really, really uh, cool movie. Yeah. There, there's a few rare times when you experience something for the first time in cinema and you're like, oh, wow, that is different. And Toy Story had that effect on me as well as the Polar Express. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, as we mentioned, Robert Zemeckis is also the director of Back to the Future. And, Jason, he, he snuck a few references in here. Did you catch them? Oh, surely not. Yeah, the train didn't time travel as it did in the third <laughs> Back to the Future movie. So, there, there, there's some uh, Back to the Future Easter eggs yeah. in the Polar Express. They're sure All right. Right. Uh, Now, they're not super apparent. You have to kind of be a fan and you have to be watchful to catch them. Uh, but there are just a couple in there. First of all, in the very beginning of the movie, we see photos of different Santas on strike. And this is what leads the main character, who is dubbed Hero Boy in the script, to start doubting Santa Claus. Right. But uh, if you look closely into the background, you'll see that there is a mall. And the mall is named Twin Pines Mall. Really? And you might recall oh, yeah. from the movie, that is the the name of the mall where Marty McFly and Doc Brown successfully time travel for the first time, right, right in that parking lot. In the lot. parking lot, yep. That's it. And there's one other reference, and I didn't catch this one, but I saw a screen capture of it whenever I went back and found this information. There, Jason, is a flux capacitor hidden on the wall of the train's engine room. <laughs> So, <laughs> For real. Yeah, right there in the back. And, and you'll recall the flux capacitor was the, the magical component that sort of allowed Doc Brown and Marty McFly to, to time travel. It was that missing component, you know, <laughs> that they really needed to, to kind of get things going. Uh, but, yeah, it's stuck right there in the train seat. Yeah, I think one time my, my uh, hot water heater uh, broke. <laughs> and my cousin, who knows much more about those types of things than I do. We all have a cousin that knows a yeah. little too much about something. Yeah. Well, I know almost zero about that. <laughs> and so he said, oh, well, really all you need to do is just go to the hardware store and ask for the flux capacitor. It's, it'll be about 12 bucks. <laughs> Did you do it? And we'll install. And, and I looked at him and I said, the only reason that I'm not doing this is because I have seen Back to the Future. <laughs> I said, if you'd have named it something else, I would have went. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I used to work at a grocery store and whenever we'd hire new bag boys, we would send them across the road to a CBS store uh, and tell them to ask for the bag stretcher. The bag <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had so many people go. But what was fun about that is eventually the CBS caught on and they started saying, well, we loaned the bag stretcher to the <laughs> rental company across the road. You have to go check with them. And it got to about four or five links in the chain of sending these new bag boys to different <laughs> different places to ask for the bag stretcher. Uh, my my brother-in-law, uh, before he was my brother-in-law, they were repairing uh, downstairs in a uh, basement, you know, uh, downstairs in their house. And I was trying to be helpful, right? I was kind of the new kid on the block. And I said, Hey, what could I do to help? Basically, I was useless, you know, in that situation. <laughs> right. But he said, Actually, I, I could use a board stretcher. And uh, now, for the record, I didn't really believe that there was a device that stretched wood. Right. I just thought it was a catchy name for something, sure. you know. Yeah. So he said, If you don't care, go to Walmart. And so I drove all the way to Walmart, about 25 minutes away. And I went in, I'm looking in, in the, the aisle there. You know, obviously, I couldn't find it. So an assistant manager comes up, says, Hey, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm needing to find a board stretcher. <laughs> so I looked for probably 15 more minutes. And then she says, uh, sir, have you ever been snot punning? And I said, I think I am right now. <laughs> she said, yeah, I believe you are. That's awesome, man. So that, that was my Christmas gift that year was the board stretcher. You know, Christmas brings the best out in people. <laughs> those, are, those are some fine examples right there. <laughs> jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring, snowing and blowing a 
We're seated here with Shane Gilreath, director of the McCreary County Heritage Foundation and one of the coordinators of the Polar Express event. So, Shane, how are you today? Doing well. Thank you all for being here. We, we appreciate you all coming to Stearns. We're excited. This is a beautiful location. We've just been admiring all the items in the gift shop here. It's uh, it's just such a wonderful event for sure. Pol- polar mania. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that an official <laughs> title for it? <laughs> I love it. We call our dinner at the end of the year when we honor all the, the volunteers, Polar Palooza. So that's why Polar, <laughs> polar Mania to so, uh, that's awesome. There's like a secret handshake and a oh, yeah. ring and everything. It's, it's I a want to order thing. the ring. I need oh, okay, the ring okay. in my life. That's great. <laughs> so Shane, uh, just you know, in general with this particular event, how many people will usually make it through to the Polar Express event each uh, year? Huge numbers. We've been seeing a climb every year we've done it. So this is our third year. We're estimating 10,000 riders within one month this year. So that's huge for us here at Big South Fork Scenic Railway. 10,000 riders in one month. 10,000. That's incredible. That's incredible. You guys From have- all over yeah. the world. Wow. That's uh, a lot of hot chocolate. That's a lot of hot chocolate. Because, <laughs> Shannon, in case you didn't know, you get hot chocolate and cookies on the Polar Express. Oh, that's the reason yeah. I came. Okay. That's and why it, I'm here. And it's some, it's some quality <laughs> hot chocolate cookies, like for real. It's good. Yeah, legit. It's, yeah, yeah okay. it's very good. Yeah. So, Shane, tell us about uh, how do kids usually respond when they get to meet Santa Claus uh, at the end of the ride? Uh, kids are ecstatic when Santa climbs on board. They go through the whole, whole trip. And when we get to the North Pole, of course, Santa climbs on board the train. So, we see a cheer. Uh, Santa may be the only person that gets cheers when he enters the car. I, I, I certainly don't get that. So, uh, uh, Well, it, it is Santa Claus. It, right? it is you, Santa you Claus. He Santa. trumps me a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so is he on the train for very long? Does he He is. Uh, he yeah. rides back from the North Pole, so he, okay. he's on till we get back to the depot. Uh, he, he and his elves are on the train. Oh, the elves too. And how many elves, elves are, are a couple? A couple okay. of elves will climb on board the train with Santa and ride back with us. That's awesome. So in, in all of the things that happen on the Polar Express, uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing that occurs as part of the overall event? A couple of things. Uh, a lot of our, our actors aboard the train are volunteers. They come from the local middle and high school. So I like to see the growth in them, watch their confidence grow as the Polar Express goes along. And uh, I like to see the uh, p- part of that is the excitement on the, the kids' faces when they see Santa, when they're experiencing the Polar Express. I think for, for children and adults, really, I think it brings you back to your childhood. Uh, Christmas Eve, that adrenaline, uh, Santa's coming. So we, we get to, to uh, experience that and a little bit of nostalgia here at the Polar Express. So it's phenomenal to witness. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, Shane, you mentioned a while ago that, you know, upwards of, of 10,000 uh, people, you know, to 10,000 uh, riders uh, during this event. So how did this event actually come to be? Uh, I mean, how, how did the Polar Express arrive at Stearns, Kentucky and is blowing up into what it is? Should we start with the writing of the book? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we actually covered that. Uh, but you, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, um, Just give us the comprehensive history from about 1985. <laughs> Uh, this is the 15th anniversary of the, the book, I believe. So, uh, But how it came here is we were just looking for an event that would grow our, our, uh, our, our, our ridership. So this was ideal for that. came about, you know, like I said, three years ago. Uh, we've had a few people pass through since then. Different people added some, some elements to the Polar Express. So uh, uh, it's been phenomenal. There's about 40 or so around the world. So our very first year, uh, we were fortunate to rank in the top 25 percentile of all the the Polar Expresses around the world. So, uh, oh, wow. Uh, that's a big yeah, deal. That's huge for us. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah. So how many are there? Very many of these events all over the place. They're all over. They're all over the world. I think there may be about twenty of them are domestic here in the United States, but I okay. know there's some in there's some in Canada. I know there's some in Great Britain. So they're they're all over. Very cool, Shane. How many? Uh, just roughly, how many people does it take to put this on? Hundreds, hundreds. I, I don't have an exact number, but hundreds. Um, the local carpentry class at the high school helped build the structures um, that's part of our sets. Uh, like I said, a lot of the, the actors, most of the actors, in fact, are uh, local students, middle school and high school students. So we bring uh, people from all over the community. It's been one of the, the great, great things about Polar Express coming here is the way the community has responded. They've really uh, taken us to heart and gotten involved, and uh, um, it, we, we couldn't be prouder of, of what we've built here and the community support. Wow. Well, it's certainly a great event. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is the event itself, you mentioned it's it's worldwide, is it connected specifically to the book and the movie, or is it sort of a, a side, private, ran thing? Is, How does that work? It is connected to the book and the film. The, okay. the objective here is to bring that to life aboard the train. So we have live actors aboard the train. You'll meet the hero boy here. You'll meet the conductor. Uh, you'll you'll meet the waiters and the, the chefs aboard uh, your train car. So they'll s- serve you those uh, hot chocolate and the hot chocolate <laughs> and the cookies Jason was talking about. Did I mention yeah. those were good and of uh, <laughs> the <laughs> utmost quality? <laughs> once or once or twice. I heard that. Once or yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. It's good hot uh, chocolate. Good hot chocolate. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's a great great experience. That's wonderful. You've done fantastic work here. I mean, you yeah. could just whenever you walk into the station, you just get a feeling that this is a magical place. Yeah. You know, polar, polar magic. Yeah, that's uh, it. it. It definitely rings true, and that's the feeling I had as soon as we came through the doors. It's incredible. Uh, we always say polar magic might even make it snow in historic stones. <laughs> if you're coming around the Polar Express. So you, you never know. I have to come and check that out. <laughs> well, we'll be looking forward to that. So, Shane, uh, where can our listeners connect with you and other events that are happening here at the railway? Uh, we, we welcome them to, to come and like us on social media, Big South Fork Scenic Railways on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we have our own website, bsfsry.com. That'll take you to Big South Fork Scenic Railway. But the Polar Express has its own website, uh, sternsthepolarexpressride.com. So that's where you would go to get all the information on the Polar Express. Perfect. Very good. And if uh, someone wanted to uh, you know, call in and reserve, is there a number that they could reach you at? Yeah, absolutely. We have a call center they, they can uh, reach out to. They'd be happy to help them there. That's one six zero six six five seven nine four nine one, and that'll get you the call center and get you some tickets and come and see us here in Stearns for the Polar Express. Fantastic, Shane. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate all you do to put this event on. My pleasure. Thank you, Shane. God bless you. Right. Take care. Well. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Excitement is in the air. Uh, We are T-minus about 45 minutes away from the train leaving the Polar Express, heading to the North Pole. Yeah, you you can see the excitement starting to build here as uh, everyone starts to move in. and It's just uh, a really cool thing to see everybody out here in their their Christmas jammies, (laughs) ready (laughs) to board the train. Yeah, I mean, it really is like just a magical time of year. Everyone just seems a little little more, a little happier. uh, A little more pep in their step. A little little more pep in their step, (laughs) exactly right. So uh, what is is your favorite childhood memory, Christmas memory? Yeah, well, thinking back, if we have to go all the way back to childhood, that's... uh, 
That's a long way back, Jason. <laughs> a lot of Christmas memories it's, it in week, between. It was weekend before last, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It's been a while. Um, I, I would probably have to say when I was very young, uh, my family and I went out to a Christmas event that was on the town square, and there was singing, there were lights, it was dark outside, and just for a, a brief moment, you know, and, and really the entire time, but I just remember a moment in particular, I just remember looking up at the lights, looking up at my family, and just feeling you know this is Christmas this is what it's all about you know they're they're singing hark the herald angels sing uh, there's a little bit of snow tent in the street lights um, it, it was just a magical sort of moment you know it's just really nice so uh, so what's your favorite Christmas memory from childhood I probably have two I think I mean as, as far as me being a child uh, the first was I want to say I was probably like four years old I, I don't think I was even in school but but I do remember this I remember I got uh, two specific Christmas presents uh, one of them was a, a, a incredible Hulk stretchy action figure doll type oh yeah thing. I remember those I, I really or not this wasn't the stretch arm figure yeah, it's it's action, action figure. figure I don't do dolls not stretch Armstrong though you had like no, but it was actual... like a stretch Armstrong okay. but it was the Incredible Hulk they had like That's corn what... syrup in them yeah I get yeah <laughs> I absolutely love that thing I remember opening it up and just thinking well I've arrived here we are this yeah. is you know life can't get any better than this and then that same Christmas uh, my my parents got me a uh, a big bird like uh, desk that was like made of, of, uh, of a, uh, a chalkboard right and I had some another section where you could you could write on paper and those types of things on it and so I would do my homework and well I wasn't in school yet, but I would draw I remember and and the thing I remember about uh, that big bird desk in particular was that the night I opened it up they kind of you know moved it positioned it uh, up against the uh, window oh yeah and so my mother would point to me and she would say well there there's Santa Claus there goes Santa Claus and I and I every time I just missed him you know she would say he would go he was behind that cloud oh, and I would man. look so every time I, I was kind of unlucky that night but, yeah but I, I was you know there at my big bird desk with my incredible Hulk doll and I was barely missing Santa I mean man. every time but I was close so now did you ever just stand there and gaze out the window at any point just for like a long time oh yeah I did wait? yeah I did yeah and uh, but I was I was unfortunate I didn't actually get to see him that night but uh, <laughs> uh, but but he did come that morning there and I woke up I had I had another Christmas present there yeah. that's awesome yeah. <laughs> now now did you watch very many Christmas movies when you were younger oh yeah I watched all kinds of them yeah so so what was your favorite growing up my favorite <sighs> You know, probably the, uh, the the strangely animated uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with, with the Abominable Snowman. You know what I'm talking about? I absolutely know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what it's called, really. Uh, but well, that's just Rudolph. Rudolph. Is it just Rudolph? I think so, yeah. And they, they made yeah. another one called Santa Claus is Coming to Town, but I think that was more like the uh, the backstory of Santa Claus, like he was growing up and uh, all that sort of thing. But yeah, I think the first one was, was just Rudolph. Yeah. Now, as an adult, it, it has to be Elf. <laughs> I mean, it just has to be. I could put that movie on, and in 10 seconds, I'm just cracking up. And Will Ferrell, though. Through the whole thing. I mean, you know, just, you know, he's enormous with the, the, the tiny uh, elf outfit, yeah. and the fact that he eats, like, M&Ms with spaghetti and, and syrup, and I just love it. I just, I, everything about that movie, I just absolutely love. If, if only all of us could have that sort of that that childlike mentality yeah. and enthusiasm about things is that he shows during that movie it would be great the syrup on the spaghetti i think is uh the crowning moment of that movie have, for you, me. have you ever tried that i'm not I'm, I'm i'm not brave enough jason i would like to uh but unfortunately will ferrell possesses a, a grit that i do not in, i don't think i could rise to the challenge well i actually did try that did you really i actually did try that and uh either 
either he has an incredible stomach <laughs> or that wasn't really Sarah. It was okay. one of the two in the movie. Yeah. Got to be one of the two. Yeah. So what's, what was your favorite favorite movies growing up? Well, you know, I'll echo what you mentioned there about the, uh, the Claymation movies, those original Rudolph movies, right. and I, I think there was a... I want to say like Frosty the Snowman, but I, I think that one was more uh, just regular animation. But really, the movie that captures it for me is Home Alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just that movie from top to bottom, beginning to end. I've probably seen it, you know, a few dozen times over my life. It just gets better every time. I just remember, you know, uh, was it Kevin McAllister? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I remember the house, the lights, the 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 wet bandits. You know, the whole thing, the traps. It's just incredible movie really resonates Christmas for me. It's just one of those that has survived the test of time and I, I can't wait to show it to my kids. Right. Oh it's it's awesome. That movie that movie actually made me uh, drink milk with macaroni and cheese. Are you if you remember the dinner that yeah. he, he has, I thought that just looks and <laughs> sounds good. And so I tried that. It is pretty good. That's awesome. I saw something cool on Facebook uh, recently about that movie and about that scene. Uh, if you remember, right before the the bandits come in, right right after he set all the traps and he's kind of sitting around and he's waiting for them to come in, uh, well, one, he sits down and he prays over his meal. And then before that even, he goes to church, Jason. I don't know. If, do you remember oh, that? Yeah. He goes to and, church. And, and, yes, I absolutely remember that. That. Yeah, <laughs> somebody uh, had posted that one of my pastor friends uh, as a meme and just say, you know, Kevin McAllister has been alone for three days. He's hungry. He's tired. He set up all these traps, and he still makes it to church on Sunday. <laughs> so, he, so he needs he needs the Lord's strength. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Well, well, well Shannon. Yeah, there's just more and more folks uh, coming in here uh, now. We have a we have a beautiful dog here. <laughs> they just came in, just Christmas lights, and this place is just getting more Christmassy by the moment. It is, man. People are starting to pack in now. This is really cool. We went out and looked at the train just a minute ago. It's it's uh, revving up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They they have really done a good job with the props and, and how you know sort of how the uh, the first few minutes of, of the of the event starts. Uh, they come out with the uh, the hobo and the little boy comes out of the house and the conductor comes out. I mean, they they have done a very very good job. Very yeah. realistic. I I saw some uh, really cool stage lights out there. I know things are going to be well lit and just sort of magical for the experience. I think it's going to be a really cool event. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about uh, what was your favorite gift that you had maybe as like a little bit of an older kid or maybe young teenager. Did yeah. you ever have anything in particular that, that stood out? One thing does stand out, yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a musician. So, you know, whenever I was younger, probably teenage years, maybe preteens, somewhere around that age, I really just wanted a keyboard. I didn't care what kind. I, I didn't care, you know, what brand, how much it cost. I just wanted a keyboard to kind of tinker around with. Had no previous experience at all playing anything like that. Uh, but I remember one Christmas, it showed up, and I remember unboxing it and just the, just the joy <laughs> of that day. I mean, it was just awesome. A pr pretty plain Jane gift, I guess. You know, nothing, nothing crazy, but... Uh, it really made my Christmas and really inspired a lot of things I did a little bit later on in life. So, what about you? Anything in particular stand out? Yeah, one one specifically. I think I maybe was like in sixth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade, somewhere right around there. But it was the uh, the original Nintendo oh, when, yes. when that came out. And so I'm playing Mario and Duck Hunt and and all that. And I, I think I actually set up for like 36 straight hours. <laughs> I had to like ice my 
eyes. Yeah. You know, because I mean, the sleep deprivation set in. You know. Oh yeah. And uh, but that that was a, that was a very good Christmas. Uh, and then uh, of course you know my a couple of my friends they they had gotten that and and they had uh, received some maybe some games that I had not. Oh yeah. So of course. Did y'all swap out. The, oh absolutely. You know the, the, the inevitable <laughs> trading. You know you give me this I'll give you this. Yeah. Uh, and then it wasn't you know too long after that that you know Mike Tyson's Punch Out you know, sure. came out. And so yeah so that that Christmas where I got the original Nintendo. Uh, I, I think you told awesome. me once before you, there was some basketball game that you played a lot. Double dribble. Double dribble. The name of the game <laughs> of basketball was double dribble. Yeah, and it's so funny because at the time I thought this is just so realistic. Yeah. It can't get better than this. Absolutely cannot get better than this. You know. Yeah. And uh, it turns out I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the details and the faces. They have they have four pixels there. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that feeling. Good times. Oh yeah. So Jason, as as we get ready to kind of wind things up here at the Polar Express. And um, what what will be your big takeaway from this event? What sticks out to you the most? Uh, to me, it's just the idea of family. I mean, this is this this is one of the events where people really get together. Uh, it is an event. They they plan it sometime for weeks in advance. They come here. They get dressed up in their pajamas. They just sort of detach from the world for a while, and they just concentrate on the magic of Christmas. Yeah. And they concentrate on their family, and, and uh, they come here. They enjoy the ride. Uh, the folks here at Big South Fork Scenic Railway, they do a, a marvelous job. They're very hospitable. Uh, it's just a great environment. So I, I think probably the, the the big idea for me, the big takeaway, is just how important family is. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? I, I would echo that and also add just the immersion itself. Like you said, people kind of check out from the, the world outside the doors and they check into this magical world that's part of the book, part of the movie, but, but mostly just family, you know, and just something that is... Um, just a, a takeaway, you know, an, an exit from uh, the doors outside, and you just come into this magical Christmas land. So it's it's really cool. Uh, definitely has a lot of family elements, and just really excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, uh, we'd like to say uh, thanks to uh, all of our listeners, and uh, Shannon's going to tell you a little bit more about how you can uh, contact and, and, and connect with us on social media. But uh, until next time, Merry Christmas, everyone, and may God bless you. Yeah. So if you're looking to follow the podcast, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can connect with us with the handle at slap-pod. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Take care. And to all a good night. <laughs>